Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello. What was that? Still here. How's everyone? Hey, who didn't know that we were married? Anybody? Okay, awesome. Let's go. There is a God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Hey, uh, it has been a very long day for the Russells. Um, We moved houses today, and I just want to literally uh, just, uh, if I could just give some blessing to the people that, like, took time out of their day to, to do that and help us, please Thank you so much. You saved us. We were blessed today. It was awesome. People were like mopping our floors and stuff. It was awesome. Watching our one-year-old who literally cries anytime, like you even look at him. So needs an exorcism. I mean, it is unbelievable. Scary. But anyways, God is good. God God is is good. good. Give it up for God. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, and if you want an, an extra crown in heaven, uh, we will need some help <laughs> next week moving everything into the new house. So, um, yeah, pray about it. DM us, all right? Uh, one of the things that we, we thought about this summer was what are some ways to just kind of change up crossover? And, you know, we like to change it up from time to time, keep it fresh. And uh, one of the ways, everybody's saying fresh after I said it, I said it. And uh, one of the ways that we thought was cool is to answer some questions. And so we asked y'all to bring up some questions. We're going to maybe not spend more than three hours tonight, but we wanted uh, to talk about some questions tonight that were brought to our attention from y'all. And so anyways, are you ready for this? Let's go. All right. Let's do this. Are y'all ready for this? All right. These, you guys submitted the questions, so don't hate on us. We're just the messenger, so. Just answering them. All That's right. right. All right, question number one. Start us off with, is what do you dislike and like most about each other? <laughs> Thank you. You go first. She gets a little gassy sometimes, right? I'm just joking. Just kidding. But that was Um, <laughs> why don't you go first? No. Let me think about what I was saying. No, I want you to go first. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so some things I dislike about Brent. Well, first of all, yeah, he only gets me pregnant with boys. So, like, come on. Man. Um, but, it, but in truth, there are quite a few things. Um, none of you are married. So, these are very easy <laughs> to come up with. So, I'm just, I asked him, like, how far can I go on my dislikes? Like, how truth-telling can I? But I'm going to keep it, you know. Keep it PG. Well, I'm going to keep it PG, but also, like, not gross. Because 
Speaking of like gas, I mean, man, it's shocking when you, are, when you live with the male. Anyways. Soon to be three. Uh, yeah. Four. Um, he leaves his clothes everywhere, and that's real annoying because I am not the maid, you know. He also says that... Um, <laughs> let's get on, hurry, let's go. Okay, let's go. Um, he, uh, that was really what I was going to say, the leaving the clothes. Um, our biggest fight, which we've mentioned before, was he put a banana peel, and I'm a germaphobe, just one. So he put a banana peel in the bathroom, like the little bathroom trash can one trash time. Trash can. Okay. <laughs> so that's not a food trash can. Like that's what you put the toilet paper like roll in. You don't put like fresh food that's gonna rot. So literally I took the banana peel and I threw it on his pillow. <laughs> and that incited quite the fight. Our first real fight in marriage. So yeah, anything like gross germ-wise is really hard for me. I dislike that. Hold on. What oh, I, okay. I like, oh, like, like. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. What do I like about Brent? He, if you've spent any time with Brent, he loves to serve. So he loves he loves to be served as far as having you guys move us, which was, like, amazing. But he loves to serve as well. So for the first few years of our relationship and marriage, we'd be on a date, and anybody would be on the side of the road needing anything with their car. He'd be like, hey, sorry, we're going to have to go help them. And I totally was not... You know, I was, I was still lost. Wink, wink, not really. But I wasn't holy enough that I'd be like man, I'm on a date. Like, why you got to go, like, help that single mom on the side of the road? Like, take me to a movie. Just kidding. But he, it was a joke, guys. I'm, let's go single moms. Yes. But he always changes anyone's tire that he sees. He, if, I mean, for some reason, I didn't know that people ask people for money at, like, every gas station you go to, but these people find him, and he's always going to serve and take these people to meals and um, love them. So he has a really, really good servant's heart that I like, and he Thanks. takes the trash out Thanks, all ben. the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Mm -hmm. My turn. So one of my biggest pet peeves... I don't understand this because I've brought this up many, many times. She'll drink only half a cup of coffee, even though, even though she has to fill it up to the very top every time. And then she puts the rest of it in the sink. She just sets the coffee cup in the sink. She doesn't empty the coffee cup out. Totally drives me, totally drives me insane. Um... The other thing is she'll be sitting like right here and she needs something right here. Literally all she has to do is lean up and to grab something, but she'll ask me from over here because I'm a servant of Jesus Christ <laughs> to pick this thing up over here and you know just mm, but I, just I do it for babies. I do it giving I, you children, no big deal. <laughs> pulls that card. And then the third thing 
we'll go on our date after I've changed about four people's tires. And I'm sitting there. I want to enjoy the meal and kind of have good conversation. The girl devours the food. I mean, it's just like, I'm like, just breathe. Like, let's just have some fun, right? But girl can put it down. I'm, I, I like that, you know? Like but what do I like? All right, here me. we go. Happy wife, happy life. Yes. Um, my wife wants the absolute best for me, almost to an extreme. And she, I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, I know that we would not be where we are at. I, I, we wouldn't even have crossover um, if it wasn't for Caroline Russell. I mean, she pushes me to be the absolute best Christian, best husband, best father, best friend um, that I could ever be. And if I'm, if I'm lacking, she will tell me directly but lovingly. And I, I used to hate it, but now I love it because it really has made me be a better person um, but she is my best friend. She's the person that I tell everything to. I have no secrets from. Um, she likes to hold my hand. All right. I like that. But I really do think about a Proverbs 31 wife. And one of the things that they talk about is um, it's a wife of noble character who can find uh, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Uh, I can really stand by that statement. I really do feel like I have a Proverbs 31 wife. And I love if you scroll down to uh, verse 29, it says, Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is dece deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord surpasses them all. My wife might not do everything a hundred, right? But one of the things that she does is she fears the Lord. And I'm telling you, like, we literally fear the Lord with every move that we make. And she, I, I love it. I mean, she literally inspires me with her fear of the Lord. Yay, marriage. Yay, marriage. Let's go. Okay. Love Good question, day. guys. Thanks, guys. Was it, are we recording this? Just replay that next <sighs> downtime. Yeah. Like, Fights are going to happen. He <laughs> likes me, I promise. Here's a great question. Okay. This is a very popular question going around. What do you think about Kanye's record and his change towards living for Jesus? Yes. Who, who asked that? I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Can I be honest? Is anybody, is everybody okay with that? Yeah, no, no one's. Oh, yeah. they're in it. Okay, they're in let's it. go. Let's do this. So here's the thing. Like, do I know Kanye West? No, I don't know him. And I see the skeptics and like, the, AKA the haters online that are like, yeah, but like, what did, who's he married to? Or like, what did he say, you know, last year? Like, blah, 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 blah. Listen, first off, I'm only judging what I hear and what I see. And what I've seen in here, the dude is proclaiming the name of Jesus. He is saying he is changed, that he has been set free, that he is a slave to Jesus now, that he's been freed. I mean, it doesn't get more radical for Christ. And so I'm like, listen, I don't, 
I don't know. I know that, you know, he could stumble as we all will. Will he be perfect? No. Should we expect that? Absolutely not. But if you listen to the record, I mean, I, I've listened, I'm a Kanye fan. Woo. You know, like I, I like Kanye and, and I like, you know, some of the songs that we would never play in, at Crossover. And he says he will never sit sing, say, rap, whatever he does, those, again, he says they'll be changed because he's changed. And I just think that uh, he, their songs are so different and he is so different. And basically, like, he's rapping very little. He is literally quoting scripture. <laughs> he is quoting the Bible. And so I'm like, I'm not going to hate on it. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to pray for Kanye. When I look at Google last week and or two weeks ago, whenever all Jesus is King came out and the number one thing was who is Jesus? What is this scripture? What is the Bible? I'm like, man, I will never have the influence and point people to the light like, Je like Kanye is doing like this man. So I'm going to encourage it. I'm super stoked and um, I'm going to support it. And I think, and, and more people just like him, you know, we are all sinners. We are, will all fall short. But when someone's taking a stand for Jesus mm. and turning their back on the world and the sin that is so easily, easy to encapsulate us, I think we need to cheer those people on. Yeah. I think that what's hard for a lot of people is because we have seen the old Kanye, right? We, we have heard the old Kanye. We have seen what he has rapped about. We uh, saw his lifestyle. I mean, he even talks about how he has been addicted to a lot of things that are not necessarily biblical. Um, I mean, he married a, a wife whose past wasn't necessarily biblical, all right? And... I think that we can look at a man's past and it's really hard to change or hard to change our own perspective about uh, what he is saying now. And I mean, if we just take it back to scripture, I mean, if we just go back to Ephesians 4 and it says, be kind to one, one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, has Christ has forgiven you. Um, I think it's really hard to really judge someone else when you look at how much God has forgiven you from. Um, and I think that's something that we need to do. And I mean, as your grandma always said, you know, uh, as you wish to other people, what? Oh, go ahead. What's your grandma Sorry. Say? My grandma says a lot of good things. All right. Uh, and as you wish that others would do to you, you do so to them. I mean, imagine if you're like saying, you know what? I love Jesus. I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus. And someone's like, well, you ain't thankful for Jesus. Look what you said two weeks ago, right? Like, imagine if, I mean, that happened to us. Now, I don't know, I don't know Kanye. I don't know inner Kanye. I do, I can see outer Kanye, right? I can see what he has said. I can read what he has said. And I know that he has proclaimed Jesus. You need Jesus to save your life. Jesus came and died for your sins. I have seen Kanye say these things, um, but I haven't seen the inner Kanye. Now, this is what, this is what scares me. It's not if Kanye is faking his Christianity or not, but what is scaring me is whether we are faking our Christianity or not. And because we like to point and judge and say, well, look at him and look at all this, but the reality is, man, he's proclaiming Jesus right now. 
I mean, he's going out and telling people that they need to be saved, and he's saying it boldly. When was the last time that we told somebody that? And, you know, that kind of lights up my world a little bit, because I'm like, where in our lives are we? I mean, we're saying one thing, I love Jesus, and I'm, I'm crazy about Jesus, but, man, what does the rest of the six other days of the week look like? And I'm like, man. And so... Maybe we shouldn't be looking at whether or not he's faking, but maybe we're faking ourselves into saying that we're something that we're really not. But We're better than him. I mean, we're not. You're not better than him. And I think that, you know, it it's, could be a conversation piece. Even if you're not into the music or maybe you're not, you know, you're a skeptic. That's fine. But people are watching. People are interested and people are excited about it, which the fact that, it's the number one album is exciting to me that the words Jesus is King is on there. Like I'm going to use that as a conversation piece to talk to people about it. If, if you saw James Corden, like James Corden, uh, whatever, karaoke, carpool karaoke, he was blown away by not only the love of the people that were, of how they were treating him, but he felt the spirit. So I just think it's it's an exciting thing for Christianity. I think um, you don't have to be for it, but you definitely have to be for the, the name of Jesus being taken to the nations. That's good. That's great. Yes. Go. Great. Go team. Good, go. Great question. All right. Woo! Great question. Here we go. What's next? Oh, this is a good one, too, here. <clears throat> Why don't you read it? Because my voice kind of hurts. Okay. Do you need some tea? How do you grow your faith in college, and what does a daily walk look like? That's great. I, I think that it is a great question uh, because I think college is such a different uh, experience than the rest of the world. It's different than high school, and I think it's different uh, than the rest of the world because you literally get to do life on campus and you're around thousands of people. Uh, just a side note here, one of the biggest things that's going to rock your world right out of college is that you're not going to be around a thousand people. Um, you're actually going to be, you're going to be like, where's, where is everybody? Where, I don't have friends that live right next door to me. And some of y'all are going to move in far off lands and maybe go to sinful places like Texas. And um, <laughs> they need Jesus too, okay? Just kidding. I lived half my life there. Uh, I found her. Come on now. Uh, but um, what is your time? Uh, how, how do you grow your walk with Christ? I think first and foremost, um, what does your time with Christ look like? And this is what I really would like to uh, tell 20-year-old Brent is, does your time with Christ actually impact your life? Because so many times I think we get caught up in let's read scripture, let's write it down, and then let's maybe pray, and then let's go on. But does, does it impact your life? And um, I think that what changed my life was I, my time with Christ became less about the, the, the quantity of scripture, and it became more about the quality, because imagine if you could focus on just maybe two or three verses, um, maybe every other couple days, and you were able to really let that saturate in your life. You could look at the, the history of the verse, the context of the verse, who wrote the verse, why did he write the verse, what was going on with the people in this verse, and then the very last thing that you do with that verse is, how does that apply to me? 
Because so many times we look at the verse and it's always like, how does this apply to me? Well, you don't even know how it applies to you because you don't even know how it applies to the people that they're talking to, amen? And so we got to learn how to read scripture for all that it is worth. It's actually a great book. Learn how to read scripture for all it's worth, all right? And so um, I think you need to learn how to let scripture impact your life. Um, because what I started noticing in my life is it became more of a checklist, and I expected that checklist to impact my life when really I was at the same spiritual level. Um, and so if you could just learn how to maybe just focus on a couple of verses, learn how to just maybe sit and, and talk with God. I, I like to talk out loud because I have ADD. Anybody else? Okay. Talk out loud, and here's the big kicker, sit and listen. And it changed my life for me. Um, I think your time with God is important. I think your time with your friends and who your friends are um, important. I've talked about friendships uh, in, my, in, in the past um, because friendships are either going to push you closer to Jesus or they're going to push you farther away from Jesus. Am I right? Anybody have some friends that pushes you closer to Jesus? All right. Okay, anybody got some friends that pushes you farther away from Jesus, okay? Um, I think that we need people, I think there's three level of friends that we need in our life. I think we need friends that pull us closer to Jesus. I think that we need to have friends that are battling in the trenches with us. And I think there are friends that we are pulling closer to Jesus, Okay, and I think that the first one, the, and this is where I really want to lean into you because I think this is where the church is lacking, um, and I don't think the older people are getting it, so we're going to make it, we're going to make them get it. You need to go ask the church to find somebody to disciple you. Yeah. All right, maybe we need to take the stand. You want to be the, 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 the taking the reins. We're taking the reins of the church for the next generation. That's a big responsibility, amen. Yeah. Don't you think that we need to learn how to do it, right? Go make somebody, like, tell the church, hey, I want to have somebody disciple me. I'm telling you, there's a lot of hungry people out there that can love you and lead you to where you need to be. Let them take, let them take your faith, meet their faith, and let them take you to the place where God wants you to be. And so I think that we need to have people pulling us. I think you need to have friends right now that are battling in the trenches with you. Uh, there's just something holy about it. Because you're able to say, you know what, man, I've been dealing with this in class. This person said this to me. Or, man, you know what, my boyfriend broke up with me. I really need some soldiers around me right now. And they're able to, be, they're able to pick you up and they're able to say, come on, your identity is not in your relationship with them. Your identity is in your relationship with Jesus. And so uh, I think you need to have some people battling in the trenches with you. But here's the kicker, guys. You want to know what changed my life, probably for the greatest, is when I learned how to love people closer to Jesus. Because there's a lot of people in here that need somebody to put their arm around their shoulder and say, you know what, you're kind of struggling with your faith right now, but I want to love you closer to Jesus. We need to learn how to disciple people. You know what, if you can go and fight the war overseas for my freedom, you are man and woman enough to disciple somebody. Yeah. We are not children anymore. 
I think college is a big time for us to realize that we're not kids in our parents' house anymore, and we're not necessarily grown-ups in the main world right now. I think it's the, I call it the shake and bake years, because this is where you really learn who you are. You need to learn that you're not kids anymore, and it's time for us to grow up. Can I push? Did I say a little little aggressive? I'm sorry, kind of. But I want y'all to be the men and women of God that you need to be. Number three, you ready? I've got one more. I'm preaching tonight. Let's do this. Come on, Jesus. Your time with Christ, your time with your friends, and your time with the, with the church. I think college exposes how involved we are with the church. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, um, find a church and get 100% plugged in. Um, I want you to learn your pastor. I want you to learn your pastor's wife's name. I want you. I want them. I want you to go to church so much they know you by name. All right. And I want you to learn how to serve. I want you to learn how to uh, grow in that because the best way to know God is to know the bride. Right, And I think the best way for us to be uh, the people of God that we need to be, we need to be the bride of Christ. And so uh, the church is the bride of Christ, and we need to learn how to best be uh, the, the bride of Christ. So you want to sprinkle any, any oh, goodness on that? I was just going to say uh, the question was how to grow in your, in your faith. I mean, I don't know if... I've been a Christian for a long time, but I don't know if I ever uh, began growing really in my faith. You know, Brent jokes that when we first got married, he wasn't sure if I was saved because of how I treated him sometimes. He'd be like, are you sure you're a Christian? Uh, And I'm like, "Uh, I hope so. But but, uh, we'll get to fighting later. But I don't think I really started growing in my faith until I started desiring to be more Christ-like. It wasn't until I started kind of cleaning up my friendships or uh, what I was watching or what I was reading or, um, like, my mind till I really started growing in my faith that it's embarrassing sometimes because I was not in college in that time. I was much older than that. But it really was, I think, a mindset for me to desire to be Christ-like. And to, when you're looking at that and the fruits of the Spirit and who is Jesus, there were so many things in my life that were not of him and that were not um, going to give him glory. And so I think for me, it was, it was that mindset. Like, you know, I can be diligent in serving at my church, and I can be diligent in uh, reading my Bible, but if my heart and my mind aren't centered on Christ and really refining myself to be more like him, then it was it was all for nothing. I mean, not all. It, it just, it wasn't growing me, mm. and so um, I would encourage you it 100% with what Brent said that all is just becoming a better reflection of Jesus ultimately and it's hard and it's not always fun and it's not always easy but I am so much um, happier more proud of who I am and uh, know that I am going to be okay no matter what because of that you know desire to be more like Jesus that's good
What's next? Okay, yeah. Good question. Let's go. Good job, guys. Bring in the good questions. Woo! We ready for this question? How do I talk to my roommate about shacking up with her boyfriend? What? Dang. What? <laughs> Don't be nudging your neighbor. Uh, oh, there's a the boyfriend. Oh, he's <laughs> right. gone. See you later, man. You're like, I didn't right. submit that question. That wasn't me. Woo. Man. All right. Let's go. Listen, shacking up, a.k.a. sleeping over, all that good stuff. Listen, I, I, got, I got a couple things to say on this. And you can hate me for it, but no, I want what's best for you. And I have talked to, I've talked to many of people, not about this topic, but uh, about all the good stuff on relationships and all of that. And I want you guys to know that just this is, you know, you always get your Brent Russell side notes or what are they called? Is that what it is? Brent Russellisms. He always gets his little side, side points or whatever. Here's my side point. There's a lot of things that you guys can question. I, I love when people are like, now, why do you do this? Or why did you say this? But know this one thing. We want the absolute mm. best for you. If we say, hey, you got to leave that guy or, hey, you got to leave that girl, it's because we love you and we want what's best for you. We might not be right, but we want what's best for you. So with that, with shacking up, a couple things. I get it. I get the appeal of the slumber party. And I get y'all trying. Yes, I get it. I get it. Don't, I mean, look at this man. You don't think I wanted to have a slumber party with him for the 14 months that we were dating? I, I did. I totally. I had to keep her away, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I had to tell her no. We got to be like Jesus. You had to shut me down. But I totally understand it. When you're, when, regardless of male, female, slumber parties are fun. Y'all try to convince us that y'all just stay up talking all night. Praying. We're just right. praying. <laughs> we just wanted to wake up and have breakfast together and do our devos together. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I get the appeal. Do not get me wrong. But here's the thing. First off, you know that your parents always said, like, nothing good happens after whatever, 10, midnight, whatever it is. 10. So it's done. Man, we got like 12 70? minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we got 12 minutes for the good stuff. Okay. Brent and I have a rule that if we want to talk about anything serious or if, like, we got to, like, address something at nighttime, it is not to be done. Because all after of 10 our, after 1030, Brent's like, what time is it when you're trying to talk to me right now? Because your heightened awareness is lowered. You're, I don't care your if you're, filter. if you're like, I go to bed at 3 a.m. Like I can do whatever I want at midnight. Like, no, nothing good happens in the middle of the night alone with someone you're sexually attracted to. That's what I got to say. So. You need to, the Bible says, to flee from temptation. Man, if you look up, the Bible says to flee from temptation. There's like 47 verses about it. It's serious. 
Like God wasn't playing when he said that the devil will come to steal, kill, and destroy you. When we were dating, we were like, the devil would love, because I knew that there was a big calling on this guy's life. I knew that he was going to change people's lives and change the future campus, whatever it was. And so we were like, God, the devil would love nothing more than to have us fall together and ruin a relationship, ruin a future ministry. Like he's out there to get you. You know when he's going to get you? In the middle of the night when you're tired and you're in love with somebody. So nothing good's going to happen. Lastly. Or lust of lust, somebody. Yeah, exactly. You are lying to yourself if you think you can sleep in the same bed with somebody and nothing's going to happen. Mm. Like you are lying to yourself. Now listen. I'm not talking about the people that are going, I'm not lying, I'm trying. Like, I know that something's going to happen. That's a different issue. I'm talking to the people that say, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. I love you so much. I totally get it. Marriage is a slumber party every single night. And we're not just talking. <laughs> you know, okay. But what I'm saying... I don't know what they're <laughs> about. I'm saying... Protect yourself. Hey, let me, let me hand this hold, off. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. I gotta come back. And I just gotta like, you, gotta you know, bring it back. I gotta All bring right. it back. We love you. Protect yourselves. You're grown. You can make your own decisions. But it's very, very hard yeah. to do something like that. Okay, I'm done. Um, my question would be this: is because you're you're talking to your roommate. My question is, I would look at him smack in the face and say, well, how far is too far for you? And I would sit there in awkward silence until they answered, right? I'm great at awkward silence. And then I would say, now listen, um, when you are laying next to, I, I, I gotta think it from a guy's perspective. When you're laying next to her and listen, Girls, I don't know how your minds work, but I know how a guy's mind works. And about after, uh, it doesn't matter what time of the day, let's be honest. <laughs> We're thinking about one thing, all right? And we are thinking about how far is too far. And that temptation, we're always going to be hitting that wall. Um, and I'm telling you right now, the more you put yourself in that situation, the more that wall is going to move. And I don't know what it is, but you are in a perfect cuddle position and she fits perfectly into your contour, right? Uh, about 11 o'clock, your hands grow minds of their own, right? And I'm, I'm telling you. And I've talked to thousands upon thousands of guys, and I'm, I'm telling you, it'll start with one thing, and it's literally just a slippery slope. So how far is too far for you? And a lot of my friends, uh, and, and uh, your boy might have had a couple slumber parties. Slumber parties. Um, that walk of shame is real, Okay. I don't care how, how into it you think that you are. If you are walking with Jesus and you walk out and you meet somebody that is a churchgoer with their Bible in their hand, right? And they see you walking out of that room or walking out of that apartment with somebody and they know that you spent the night. Like, you know, you, f you feel it. 
all right? You're like, you feel that little bit of a, of a kick in the gut. And so um, I would say that shacking up is selfish because what we are doing is we are taking what God meant for purity and we're tainting it and we're, and we're being selfish with it and we're being impatient with it. And so what I would tell you to do is, is think about your future wife or think about your future husband and say, you know what, what would they want me to do? Or, or you know, that's just kind of giving you a different perspective about looking at it. But, but I'm telling you, like, don't, don't take what God meant for good and make it for selfishness. And because there's always power in purity, there's not ever power in sin. And so, it's my two cents on that. <clears throat> okay, we got like four minutes. Okay. Don't hate the messenger. We love you guys. We love you guys. Yeah. Love God. Okay. It's okay. Oh, that's a hard one. Which one? Which one do we want to do? Yeah, let's do this one. Okay. Y'all did some great questions, by the way. Which one? Let's do the uh, the marriage one. Hey, where is the marriage one? Here we go. Okay. What was one thing you two did you two did early in your marriage that you would try to teach others to do early in their marriage? You go first. That's a great question. Mm. That was a girl question. You girls are smart, okay? Yeah. Yes. I think that, I, of course, I would say about 12 things, uh, but... Uh, let me go a little worldly since, since she, she'll probably go spiritual on us. Um, compound interest is your friend. Okay? Um, let's side note that. I'll come back to it. Budget, budget, budget. Okay? Uh, if you're not balling on a budget now, you're not going to be balling on a budget in marriage. Uh, I, have had, I have so many friends right now that they fight more about money than they do about anything else. They are stressed more about money than they are stressed about anything else. Their lives are dictated by their money and it is swallowing them. So what I would say, and this is something that we were very aware of, is we had to learn how to ball on a budget. And so we would literally sit down every month and we would literally pull out our budget and we'd say, okay, we have this for all of our bills. We have this for our date nights. And then we would have separate funds for us. This is your play money. This is our play money. This is my play money. And then we'd have a couple of other things. This is our tithe and this is our gifts to other places um, and then this is our holy money, so you can spend it on, on whatever holy. That was always my, that was my, my homeless money, all right? And so, um, yeah. balling on the budget. Compound interest is your friend. Listen. Come on now. What little bit today you can give is going to compound interest, compound interest, compound interest for later on. Plan for your future, okay? Be smart with your money. You don't have to go roll up in the nicest car and, a, and live in the nicest house. Be smart with your money be, and be wise with me. Let God be able to just don't 
stress about your money and be able to be free to do and listen to God and be able to do things with your life and travel, go on mission trips, be able to do intermissions and all of this throughout the world. Like, don't worry about money. Let that be like something else. Go ahead. Babe. Never live above your means. Never live above For your sure. means. For sure. For um, sure. So... I always say, and this is like for people that are like, I don't care about marriage right now. This is going to be so uninteresting. But this is what I always t say to people, what my number one tip for, well, I'll give, you my, I'll give you my couple tips that we implemented at the beginning of marriage that, in my opinion, were the game changers. And we did not have, if you've talked to us personally, the easiest first two years of marriage. It was like we had to work some things out. But um, my first tip on, on our wedding day, Brent's grandma does have good wisdom. Mm. Gotta love those old people. And she said to me, the, the word she actually said is, I know my grandson is, a, awesome. <laughs> is an income poop. But when he's fighting with you, don't call your mama. Don't call his mama. You can call me, but don't tell anyone else. And that was in marriage. You know, when you're dating, if you're, if you're fighting and the dude's a bad dude, like, tell your mom. Tell your friends. Like, they'll talk you out of it. They'll, they'll put some sense into your head. But in marriage, no matter what the fight, no matter what the disagreement, I've never told a soul in the fight. We've talked about disagreements like on here, out here before, because it did one didn't matter what anybody else think, but I didn't need that. You know, you know what your girlfriends will say to you or your mama will say to you. I didn't need that in my head. I needed to work this out with, you know, my, my other half. So that was a really good tip that we implemented from the beginning of marriage. Two, my other tip. Oh, we moved away. Nobody ever likes me when I talk about this. But we, we moved away when we first got married. Brent started a job in Arkansas. And the day after we came home from our honeymoon, I moved to Arkansas to be with him. And we really started the foundation of our marriage alone. And whether you stay in your hometown or you um, go and start a new life together, regardless, you should be starting a new life together, not continuing your same life with the same family, same friends. The most important person in your life will now be this person. So I think that was a really good thing we did. And can I say my last thing? Last thing, let's do it. Okay. Uh, we learned how to fight. So I joke about fighting a lot, but we did. I'd never lived with a guy. I'd never been in ministry. I'd never really lived away from my family. So it was a big adjustment. Brent's almost four years older than me. He had dated a bit and I had not dated much. So we had a lot. We were on like two different wavelengths of communication as any male and female will be and so we really had to learn Come how pause right here yes. don't marry anyone that you haven't ever fought with all right Truth. if you haven't seen their crazy uh don't marry them okay <laughs> like you got to see their crazy to see if you can handle it this amen is true. yeah when people are like oh we don't fight we're like run <laughs> that's run. horrible but it's true um yeah 
Because you're going to fight. You're going to fight. You're going to fight. Now, how you treat each other in the argument really matters. I learned for me, and I think this is huge for any anybody. If you, ha- if you um, change your tone when something's gone wrong or you are arguing or you're mad about something, if your tone drastically changes, then you need to correct that. Because we'd be in the middle of a conversation, I wouldn't like something, and it'd be like a switch would go off. And Brenda would be like, whoa, what happened? Like, I just said, like, I didn't want to watch that show. And like, you're like dark You can be right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. So I think whatever relationship you're in, learning how to communicate, learning how to fight, learning how to get through with somebody um, is really, really important, and it's really worth it. Yeah, and I would say one thing about fighting is um, don't ever bring up something to somebody. This is friendships, relationships, family, whatever. If you Don't ever bring up something unless you have an end game because so many times we like to just tell you how it is, right? I just don't like this about you. But if you're just sitting there just to vent, I think that's not taming your tongue. I don't think that's Christian. I don't think that's Christ-like. I think a Christian is supposed to have an end game that always reflects love and always endly reflects Jesus. Hey, you know what? This is what's kind of bothered me with us, and I feel like we've lost maybe some connection. But you know what? I, I, I love Jesus, and because of Jesus, I love you, and I think that we need to be able to work this out so we can learn how to love Jesus better together. You know, like, have an end goal with um, the way that you fight. So, that's great. Man, give it up for the questions tonight. Come on Thank now. Y'all. Loved it. So. Got a band. Steven. You come up. Steven. Yeah, we want you guys to know that, yes, this is fun for us. We usually only only do this in February when we do, a, like, a legit relationship marriage talk. But this is fun for us to hear, you know, where you guys are at. But know that we want to have these conversations off the stage, too. We are open door policy. You can come over to our different house anytime you want. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we want to hear your heart. We want to help you and guide you however hey, we can. And tonight, I know you're going through a lot of stuff. Homework's happening. Maybe some family events. Maybe some relationships. We're going to have some prayer team out front. Man, if you just want to come and pray with somebody, come and pray with somebody. We'd love to have you. Let me go ahead and pray us into it. Let's go ahead and stand up. Father, we thank you for you. And we know that you work all things out for good, for those who love you. Lord, help us just to be encouraged tonight. Let us learn how to love you and grow in you and to be more like you. And Lord, on this campus, let us be able to start a spark that will light a fire that people will learn to love you, learn to grow in you, learn to be like you. Let us be able to take it upon ourselves to be able to grow more in you. Let us learn how to be in your presence more. Let us learn how to walk and talk and learn how to cast all of our anxieties upon you you, learn how to serve you, learn how to be more like you, and Lord, let us just be able to be encouraged by you, because this world wants to beat us down, but you want to lift us up, Lord. So tonight, if we're going through something, or or something has happened to us, Lord, let us not be shy, but let us with courage and with boldness be able to come and just pray about it. Let us be able to walk through it, Lord. Let us just have a great 
couple next minutes just worshiping you and let us just be able to avoid out everything tonight and let us just leave this place just worshiping you with all of our hearts and souls and minds. For it's your name, amen.